Two down in the ninth. Bumgarner thrown. Robinson waits. Here comes the pitch. High drive. Left field. It is out of here. Number 600 for Ken Griffey Jr. I don't believe what I just saw. Marion grabbed behind the back, flipped the second. On the first, a double play. <laughs> Incredible. Swing and drive. Belton right. Welcome to the show. Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope everybody is staying safe, being healthy, and happy Memorial Day. We just had Memorial Day, which had a different feel for sure in 2020 with everything going on with COVID-19. And we didn't have baseball, right? And that's one of the big things when you think of Fourth of July, when you think of Memorial Day, uh, you got burgers, and hot dogs and you're at the ballpark. I mean, that's kind of something that I always associated with um, as far as the sports realm. Obviously, Memorial Day, we have to pay respect to those fallen soldiers uh, that have passed on over the years defending this country. That's what Memorial Day is all about. But in celebration of Memorial Day, there's always been uh, festivities along all of baseball uh and you know it i felt like i was missing that it didn't really feel like a for sure 100 percent memorial day it just felt like another ordinary day uh which it which sucks you know um when you're watching the game and you see all these festivities if you're at the ballpark uh you know it, it has a little bit of a special feel just like when you're at the ballpark for fourth of july which is hopefully what we will be having uh, in a month or so, but we're getting to the nitty gritty. We're getting to the end uh, of the time frame as to when we need a decision to be made as far as if baseball is going to continue. But before we get into that, how's everybody doing out there? Hope everybody is staying safe, being healthy, uh, being smart about your choices, you know, and just enjoying life. I mean, that's kind of what we have to do. Just keep moving forward and, uh, you know, just don't get yourself too down. Uh, I know it's I know it's easier said than done, but you know we're we're getting we're getting through this. We're getting through this, and it's not going to be much longer yet. Um, but the thing that we have to look at right now is what we're going to be talking about on this podcast, and it's going to be the idea of maybe there may not be baseball this year. I hate to say that. I hate to speak it into existence. But I have to be 100% realistic. The both sides, because essentially they've they've been the the owners and the players association, uh, the players union. They have been in communication as far as getting baseball back onto the field. Obviously, it would be without fans, so that would be a little different. They're not getting the money that they would get from concessions and ticket sales, so that plays into the whole financial aspect of it. We hate to look at baseball. A lot of fans, I guess, you know, the diehard fans, we understand that it's a business, but a lot of people tend to take away from baseball as being a business, a legitimate business. It's not just a game. That's what I think a lot of fans have hard have a hard time separating is that baseball, yes, it is a game that is played. It is a game that kids play. But you have to look at it. These aren't kids playing out there anymore. These are grown adults that have a living 
So this is a business. That's what we have to really look at. And I know that we hate to look at sports as it's a business, but the matter of fact, it is. I mean, there's tons of money that goes into sports, that goes into baseball. So when they're talking about financials, it's it's not too much of a surprise that there's going to be a holdout. I mean, the owners are wanting to save more money because they're not getting those those uh, those amount of dollars that they're getting from concessions, from uh, ticket sales, everything like that. Uh, you know, b- gate revenue, essentially. They're not getting that in 2020 because there won't be fans. So they're trying to find ways to cut costs. And one of them would be to uh, diminish player salaries, which is kind of what they were doing with revenue sharing. Uh, that was their, their whole proposal as far as how they would play the players. Players didn't want to go for that. Uh, and then they already they already agreed to prorated salaries. So that is why the whole situation with MLB and the Players Association, that's why it's so on completely different sides of the spectrum is because that they've already agreed to take pay cuts in this year, prorated salaries based on the amount of games that are being played. They've already said that it's going to be an 81-game season. Although, if you're Bryce Harper, the 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 uh, the proposal that he put out there, it was pretty good, and he was talking about possibly playing uh, 120 games. It would be uh, seven seven inning games, I believe, on Sundays with every alternating Mondays off, and then they just keep playing and and expand the rosters and the taxi squads and all that. It sounded actually pretty pretty uh, intriguing to me. So I would go ahead and give a vote to Bryce Harper <laughs> to be the new uh, the new commissioner because Manfred, I feel like Manfred doesn't really know what he's doing. I mean, yes, he he's trying to get the game back, uh, but th- there's just been so much uh, that has gone on. And, and, you know, a lot of people got rubbed, rubbed the wrong way with Rob Manfred after all the Astros situation. And then you have all this going on. And just the way that he presents all these ideas, like when they brought out the health plan, um, the precautions for the players moving forward, his verbiage was just terrible. He was just talking about, uh, well, you know, we have to try to convince the players that it's safe. Well, okay, I understand what you're trying to say, but the way that he said it made it sound like he himself didn't know if he could convince himself that it's safe. So it's like, how do you expect the players to buy into the whole situation when you yourself don't have faith in your plan. That that's just the whole that's what I get out of it. Uh that's what a lot of fans across baseball have gotten out of it too. And the whole conversation just with everything going on it comes down to dollars. And unfortunately that's what it is and you know if baseball isn't careful if they haven't already they may be losing fans, you know, uh that whole 94 lockout that that happened. I, I know a lot of people that live through that lockout and look at the game differently, if not at all. They don't even watch the game of baseball anymore just because of that strike that happened. Uh, so that's that's the situation. That's the road that baseball is kind of going down, and they need to be really careful uh, because it could turn away a lot of people. I mean, um, the steroid era brought back a lot of the uh, fans that would – turn away from the 94 just because from the 94 strike just because of the excitement of home runs with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, all those guys, Jose Canseco, uh, 
Ken Griffey Jr., not saying that Griffey used steroids, I'm not saying that at all, but he was part of that movement uh, that really excited a lot of people to go to the ballpark, right? So all that aside, baseball had really fallen off after all of that era transpired, and they were trying to get fans back into the ballpark. And what they would do is, is that they recently changed the ball to make the more home runs, right? And that's what we've been getting the last two years. And it's generated a lot of interest in the game. Baseball purists don't like it as much. I mean, me, I like the long ball, but if it's hit every other three at bats, it's not really that special anymore. I mean, a home run's still special. You still got to have talent. You still all that kind of stuff, whatever the ball is anyway. But for me, the frequency of home runs, it doesn't, I mean, yeah, you're almost expected to see a baseball be hit out, out of the ballpark every game uh, that you see. But again, it doesn't, it doesn't give that special fat, like it, I, I don't know how to explain it, but if you're sitting there waiting for something to happen, because you know it's going to happen. It's not as exciting. Does, does that make sense? So, anyways, so baseball has been trying to generate a lot of fan interest because they have to compete with NBA. They have to compete with NFL, even soccer. I mean, soccer, I know, isn't as big in the States. But, uh, you know, NHL, I don't know how big the following is for NHL. I don't. I myself don't watch it. I, I'm not a big I – can't, I can't ice skate. If I can't participate in it, if I can't do it uh, – you know, I don't have a lot of interest. I've always played soccer. I've always tried to play football uh, and basketball and baseball, obviously. But So I have more interest in those games because I can go outside and uh, imitate for myself, you know, even though it may not look as pretty. But, uh, you know, I try to do my best. But the thing with baseball is that they're competing with all these entities. And now if these other entities, if NBA goes back, if NFL operates as usual like they are, it's going to be a bad look on baseball because if everyone else gets back and baseball doesn't because of a financial issue, I think that that will rub a lot of people the wrong way. I think I'm speaking for a lot of people that can't speak on this podcast. I'm speaking for you in saying that that will rub you the wrong way. If it doesn't, Okay, more power to you, but for me, it would it would rub me the wrong way. And I am a diehard baseball fan. If you guys don't know, obviously I'm doing a podcast on it. But you know, if you if you don't know me, baseball was the whole reason why uh you know, I I wanted to get into podcasting. Baseball just sports in general, but baseball is like my, my foundation of being a sports fan. I re- I have early memories of baseball. As a kid growing up in middle school, high school, even now, there's tons of memories that come along with baseball. So if you had to ask me what would be my favorite sport, it would be baseball, hands down. I wouldn't even have to think. Like, you asked me that question, I wouldn't take two seconds. I'd say baseball. Baseball is by far uh, my favorite sport to watch, to play anything. And for me to say that it would rub me the wrong way if they didn't get baseball going and everyone else did, that takes a lot to really push my buttons. And, and <laughs> it takes a lot for me to really say, okay, I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm done with that. I wouldn't say I'm done with baseball entirely, but I would look at 
everything after this completely different. I, I really would. And I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. And for me, if that happens for me, that is a, a diehard fan. I know a lot of you out there listening are diehard fans. I could almost imagine what it would do to, you know, the, the Fairweather fans or the casual fans. Definitely turn them off, you know. So that's a situation where baseball, they really need to get into the nitty-gritty and get this deal done. But they're running out of time. I mean, I've talked about it uh, over a couple of podcasts now. We're getting to that point. We are at the end of May, and they needed to get a deal done between the last week of May and the first week of June if they want to meet that deadline of being in baseball, playing baseball on July 4th weekend. Because what happens is if there's a deal done this week or next week, what happens is they have a week and a half to prepare uh, facilities and all that kind of stuff, get everything ready, get everything situated, all the all the necessary tools that they'll need uh, for the health concerns of players. Then you, you participate in a two-week, two-and-a-half-week uh, spring training, 2.0, I guess. And then from there, you go on to the regular season. Now, what that does, if there's an agreement at the beginning of June, there's four weeks in June. So you take a week and a half to prepare. Then you're already in the middle of June. Then you take those two weeks. Then you're at the end of June, beginning of July. And then you go back into the. So that's why this time frame, baseball works on a time frame. Now, if they want to get those 81 games in like they want, it has to start on July 4th. Unless they go and adopt Bryce Harper's idea, which I would which I would love, which was 120. But again, that's still starting on July 4th. And that's extending into November. So the clock is ticking for both sides. And both sides have a lot to lose. I mean, baseball, they <laughs> they don't get any money. And the players, they don't get any money. So it's like they kind of have to come to a agreement, uh, come to a, a even ground because the players, they don't like the fact that they have to take another pay cut, which I get, but that's really a hard sell for the general public. And I understand it, but a lot of people don't. It's because you're looking at these guys, and I'm going to tell you, because there was a there was a new proposal that was made so they're moving forward. They're moving away from the revenue sharing. They're doing a pay scale, a new proposal for the Players Association to look at, which they've already come out and they said that they don't like it, right? And what that would entail is that players would have 60% of their salaries cut. So they would only get about 40% of their salary. So what that means is $35 million contract per year. Just say, just say that. That player will only make $7.84 million. Now, I get it. It's still a million of dollars. I understand that. But would you go back to work knowing that you have risk, knowing that you could possibly contract this virus for a fourth of what you make? I'll be honest. I probably wouldn't. Just because the the risk, you know, it outweighs the reward. The reward has to outweigh the risk if I'm going to do it. What do the players have to gain from this? They're still losing money. 
right? So, and a, a, and what they were agreed upon, I don't know how much of the prorated salaries a $35 million contract would make in an 81-game season, but I would assume that it would be more. Half the season, half the contract. Does that make sense? So, essentially, $35 million... 81 game season, half a season, half a contract. You're looking at, if my math is correct, what what is that? It's about uh four, 14, four, no, 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 17, 17 million, 17 and a half million, 17.5 compared to seven, almost eight. That's a big deal. That's a lot of money. And again, the same reason. That you look at it, well, they're still making a lot of money. Yeah, but they're still losing a lot of money too. It's hard to argue. It's hard to argue the sides because you're arguing for millionaires. You're arguing for billionaires. But my side is that baseball doesn't happen if the players aren't in it. Does that make sense? You don't see these owners going out there and playing ball, giving... Uh, content to the viewers. You don't see them doing that. It's the players. This league doesn't work. This league doesn't even exist if it's not for the players. Yes, the owners have a lot of money, and yes, they can go pay someone else to do it. But then your quality is not going to be that good. So that's the whole thing, is that if the players are out there, and this is just my viewpoint, and a lot of people, I mean... There's been heated conversations on social media, you know, on Twitter, on on Facebook pages that I'm on about players versus owners. A lot of people are anti-players. A lot of people are anti-owners. I mean, it's, it's it's a divide, right? Because the general public can't look at, okay, well, they're not gonna take seven point, I take 7.8, 7.84 million any day. And of course, a majority of us would. Why not? But you have to look at how much money they're leaving on the table. And they won't get that back. Right? So, in a sense, the way that you can look at it is that the players feel like they're taking advantage of. Now, would you want to participate in something that you are taking advantage of? That... You are being taken advantage of. That's the whole situation. So they're on very different sides of the spectrum here. And like I said, we're at the end of May. So they have about a week. From the time that I'm recording this, they have about a week. I would give it until maybe June 6th. If there isn't a deal done by June 6th, Unfortunately, like I said, I I hate to say it, and I feel like a deal will be done because there's so much that is on the table that could be lost. So I feel like a deal will be done. I'm still optimistic about it. And even in a group that I'm in, you know, they were looking at it, and I, and I presented the question. I was just like, what is your probability on a scale from 1 to 10 of baseball being played this year? I didn't even say July 4th. I said baseball this year. And it's the same thing like the players and the owners. Opposite ends of the spectrum. You either got a 10 or a 1. I I got like a negative 
10 on, on one of them. <laughs> that guy was, was not having it. He was done. But that's the thing. You know, fans, they're starting to lose their optimism too. And I'm trying to stay as optimistic as I can because I can't imagine there not being baseball this year. I can't, I just can't imagine it. I mean, there's already, it's already happening, but I can't imagine for the rest of the year. I mean, this was the first Memorial Day without baseball since I, I think it was like 1800, 1880 something. That is, that's crazy. I don't want to see the statistic for July 4th. Because what do you think about July 4th? You think about fireworks, hot dogs, hot dog eating contest, Joey Chestnut. And baseball. Maybe some apple pie too. I don't know. Apple pie in summer? Is, is that a thing? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't eat a lot of pie. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. So I'm really pulling for baseball to get back. But the optimism is starting to die out. And reality is starting to seep in a little bit. So I'm hoping that they prove me wrong. So that we can have more things to talk about. <laughs> but, I mean, if you ask Marcus Stroman, he went on Twitter, and a lot of players are chiming in on the whole situation. We already heard Blake Snell's comments and saying that for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. I agree with Blake Snell. And so does Bryce Harper and Nolan Arenado. Harper went on and said he ain't lying. He's speaking the truth, bro. I ain't mad at him. I'm not mad at him either, Bryce. I'm starting to like Bryce Harper a little bit more. That, that's what this quarantine is doing. <laughs> he was just happy that Blake Snell was someone that manned up and said it. Because all the players are thinking it. Even when you look at Nolan Arenado, he said that Snell made a lot of good points. I think he was being honest and just being real, which he was, which a lot of people don't like. A lot of people, you, a lot of society wants you to beat around the bush. Some people you have to beat around the bush about. But Blake Snell, he just went, boom, I'm not doing it unless I get paid. Now, the quote and how he said it was misconstrued and, and just fell apart. and wasn't, It was poorly said. I got to get mine. That's, not, yeah, that's not, a, not the way you want to put it. But that gets your point across. But Arnado, Harper, those are big names in the game of baseball. I haven't seen what Mike Trout has said. I'm always curious to see what he says about it. But Harper, Arnado, they're on board with Snell. So you figure a lot of the baseball community, a lot of the baseball players are on the same wavelength, I would almost assume. It's also different with players that are younger. These guys are younger. It's different if you have a family that you have to think about. You know, it's it, there's a lot of factors that come into these baseball players. They're not just, you know, baseball players. They're, they're much more than that. But Stroman, I mean, he's one of the guys that are out there, and he, he feels like baseball, he says that this season is not looking promising. He questions the uh, ability of the owners and the players coming to an economic compensation plan. So when players are starting to doubt it, then it makes me a little nervous. 
Because when they themselves feel like the league isn't going to happen, you almost start to believe it. Like I said, I'm holding on to that glimmer of hope. Holding on to that optimism. Because I want to see some baseball. Like right now, I'm sitting down, I'm watching the NLCS from 2004 with the Cardinals and the Astros when the Astros were in the National League then. I don't know how many of you guys remember that. Those were the Lance Berkman days. But I'm I'm missing some baseball, man. It's not the same watching KBO. I mean, I watch it, but it's not the same. I don't I don't know a lot of those players. It's different when you're watching guys that you know that you've been watching for years. I don't know a lot of them. And yes, it's baseball. I can get by with it. But I I need some I need some baseball soon. And I think a lot of us do. So I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful that this season is going to start off July 4th. Very symbolic, like I said. I felt like that was the time frame from the beginning. I just hope I'm not wrong. (laughs) But the longer that this goes on, the more problems that factor in. You know, minor leaguers. I mean, you're talking about millions with the players Minor leaguers are only getting $400 a month or $400 a week. And that is also coming to the deadline. They're in crunch time for that. A lot of teams are trying to decide what they're going to be doing in this near future. And the A's, one of teams that are at the bottom end of the spectrum as far as, you know, the worth of the athletics, I think they're ranked 26th. They've already come out with financial issues. Can't pay their rent for the stadium for this year, which was due back in April. Still haven't paid it. That's a bad sign. And then the A's were kind of the first team that started the movement of stopping to play to pay minor leaguers. And that happens at the end of May, May 31st. That's the deadline. Because that was the date that was set by MLB. Now, MLB hasn't come out and said that they're going to extend or anything like that because they previously extended it from the April 8th deadline to now May 31st. So that's still a possibility, but the A's have come out and said they're stopping to pay their minor leaguers. So the $400 a week, which was already a bare minimum, has already stopped, or it will stop at the end of May. That's the thing that could happen if this deal doesn't get done. And, I mean, it's a domino because teams are looking at this. They're looking at any way that they can cut costs. The A's doing it. Maybe other smaller markets are going to be looking at it as well. You don't know. Right? And, and, and the problem is, you know, you look at, oh, well, they have the money. Pay them. Well, the A's, it's a little bit of a different situation with the A's. Jeff Passan of ESPN, he put it this way on, on Twitter. He says, say there's 200 players in the minor leagues for the A's. You're paying each of them $400 a week from June, July, and August. So the rest of the summer. That's $5,200 per player. And to pay every minor leaguer would cost the A's just over $1 million. Now the A's, in comparison to other teams, don't have that type of financial stability. 
owner John Fisher is only worth about two billion dollars. I mean, that's a lot of money, but still, that's that's still a lot of money with no revenue coming in. So that's the situation there. I mean, they already couldn't pay their rent. So what makes you think that they can pay their players? I believe their rent was at one point two million. And similarly, paying these minor leaguers would come around the same amount of amount of money. But the Marlins, on the other hand, they're still continuing to pay the minor leaguers through August. That's the longest commitment among all the teams so far. And some other teams, you know, like the White Sox, they're still paying their their minor leaguers through through June. The Phillies, they will continue to pay through June, but they're going to adjust their amount from four hundred. It's un it's uncertain what the amount will be. But that's rough. That's really rough. So the longer that this continues, this battle, you know, I feel like maybe with minor leaguers starting to pay the price, putting pressure on the Players Association and getting something done. But we'll see what happens. We have, Like I said, we have about a week from now. We have about a week. And I hope, my hope, is that baseball, America's pastime, is going to be played on July 4th. That is my hope. So I hope you guys still have that optimism that I have. Mine is dying out a little bit, but I'm trying to stay optimistic for everyone listening. Because that's all we have. We just have hope right now. And I'm hoping really hard right now. (laughs) But so I'm going to end it here. And we'll see what happens in the next coming weeks. I, I'm really hoping that a deal gets done. I, re- I really am. I can't say that enough. So we'll see what this next week has to entail. Probably the biggest week of baseball in 2020 so far. So you guys have a good one. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good one. Stay optimistic. Baseball will be played. Can't guarantee it, but it will. It will, it will happen. It will happen. I'm, I'm confident. I, it will happen. I'm willing it into existence. It will happen. So you guys have a good one. Be safe. And I'll talk to you next week.